Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, women, and being a man without making any apologies for it. What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the UMP. I really do appreciate you. If you've been listening for a long time, you know what to do. That's right. Smack yourself on the ass. You are a goddamn champion, bro. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. I got a very, very special episode for you today. I got one of my good friends and past clients, Nick, from Australia. And what we're going to talk about today is his journey from being an alpha male then being kicked back down to a beta male and then getting back to alpha again. Now you may be wondering, well, how exactly did that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you, Nick was the lead singer in this really popular band from Australia, this, this heavy metal band. And he came over to the United States and did a bunch of touring. Well, when he was doing the touring, I mean, come on, dude, you got an Australian accent. You got this awesome band you're a freaking champion, of course you're going to get more ass than the toilet seat. Of course you're going to be that alpha male. But then COVID hit and he was relegated back to Australia, living out in the sticks, not many girls around. And even when he went into town to try to approach girls, he didn't have that like alpha status with him and he didn't have quite the same success. So he was really down in the dumps and he contacted me and he joined my three-month coaching program. And what that entails is basically I teach you everything about the tactical aspects of of attracting women, as well as a full 12-week NLP protocol to fix all the bullshit in your head, to get you operating like the alpha, but without having to have that hard metal band behind you pushing the alpha out on stage. So Nick went through the training program and now he's back to alpha status, but he doesn't need the band. So what we're going to do here is I really want to, you know, give you guys some tangible, useful things because you're probably thinking to yourself, well, dude, I'm not in a heavy metal band. I couldn't get the same results Nick could, but I want to help you think of a way that you can put yourself in a position, just like I was in the position of being a bouncer, where you are in that alpha position. And even more, I want you to realize you don't even need to have that because Nick doesn't have it anymore yet he's still pulling girls. So without rambling on for too much longer, Nick, I want to bring you in. What is up, my dude? Thank you for joining me. Mate, how the hell are you? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic, brother. (laughs) And I'll tell you, us Americans are so pumped right now because we got an Australian on, dude. We love your accent. So Nick. Yes. Finally, someone can school you on all the terrible Australian accents you've been doing lately. I mean, (laughs) you've been getting better, but dude, you still got a long way to go. I've been getting much better. (laughs) (laughs) all right brother so really what i want to do what i want to first start out with is how you know you were in that rock band and you were in the total alpha position i mean nothing is better than being the lead singer in a rock band and the girls are watching you play and you're singing to them you could probably like point to girls and like smile at them and stuff and do all that so i want you to tell us about your experience of what it was like being in that like alpha numero uno position and then the results you got from it. And I want guys to realize like how important it is to sometimes try to put yourself in that alpha position, but even more importantly, and we're going to talk about this as the podcast continues is to get the bullshit fixed in your head, get game. And then you don't actually even need that alpha position, but it does help. So to begin, tell us about your experiences, man. It's just, I'm so excited to hear about this. 
Yeah. So uh, the best thing about uh, being on tour, especially in a foreign country where you got that advantage, uh, you've got the accent going for you. You are in a rock band. You're always in the spotlight. Uh, it was never really a problem of like trying to find uh, that opportunity that it was always around. Um, and so like, you know, as you can imagine, like how it is for uh, like, I mean, we're not a huge band, but we were big enough so that we could like tour almost every state in the country. Mm. And it was kind of getting to that point where you would go up, you would do the show, you'd get down from the stage, you'd mingle with the crowd. And it was just like, okay, who's keen. I point at someone and be like you there. And then they'd be like me and you'd be like, yes, you. And that it was, it was just a done deal because you just, you had all this value. Uh, and, and as, as far as like your social status was, was mm -hmm. concerned, you were like way up there. You were top dog. Um, and it was just kind of easy mode. Um, and it's pretty much like from going like early in the early days, I was a bit of a late bloomer like yourself. Mm. I, I was uh, very, very shy around girls originally. I was like a super nerd. Like instead of going to parties, I'd get together with my friends and we'd, we'd uh, get our computers out. We'd link them all together and have these things called land parties. Like it's the most super, super <laughs> nerd thing you can do. Um, and so for that reason, I was just never around girls till I was like about 21. And then from there i was kind of like okay i'm starting to get into flow but even by 21 i still had a little bit of the rock star thing going i was playing guitar i was singing and that was the main reason why i met so many girls in the first instance mm. and so when we were touring and it was just like falling into place really really easy i had the value i had you know every advantage you can possibly think of it just it was almost as if i didn't have to think about it and therefore I was never worried about not closing the deal. I was always just, I knew it was going to happen. I knew that I had this aura of confidence around me. And on the inside, my inner game was never thrown off because I knew I had this full pipeline, always like just opportunity after opportunity. If it didn't work out with that one, you're damn sure it'll work out with the next one. Yeah. And so I just, that, that mindset, because of that abundant mentality that I had, um, I feel like that was one of the, the major driving forces. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know what I was doing right. I just knew mm. that I was getting really, really good results and I was really happy. Now, yeah. when all that ended, when COVID hit and I had to bump back to Australia, I lost every advantage. I lost, you know, I wasn't in the spotlight anymore. I didn't have the accent. Like I'm just another average Joe when I'm, you know, back here on, on the family farm mm. and I'm out in the middle of nowhere, like you said, and it's just, it's really hard because what happened to me then was I was like, there's no more opportunity. Like there's, it's a, it became a really big, like kind of scarcity problem for me because all of a sudden there goes my pipeline. It's just gone. And yeah. now if I did see like even an eight or a nine or a 10 walk past, I would just freeze up because I'd be like, Oh, Oh no, this is like my only opportunity. And what if I blow it? And like, yeah. you know, the whole town's going to know about it because yeah. there's only four people in the town. So that was kind of like where I was at before I came to do the coaching. And it was just like, I, I, I guess you could say I felt like really, really stuck. And I was like, okay, 
I need to know what I was doing right versus what I'm doing wrong right now. And it was definitely an inner game problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having that abundance just thrown at you, I had that same experience when I was a bouncer and I became a bouncer after I had game. So it was like freaking dynamite in a pond. Mm. It was retarded what happened. And I would see other bouncers too, pulling girls when they really didn't know what they were doing. And I taught them some stuff, but you know, selfishly, Nick, I kind of have a few questions about what it was like to be a rock star and pulling girls back to, yeah. I don't know, your camper, your hotel. And, and if you don't want to talk about the logistical uh, situation, but I've always been curious about this. So I know how girls are, okay? They're going to basically stand in the crowd staring at you, giving you the damn green light. Then you're mingling in the crowd and they're either going to come up to you themselves or they're going to linger around and look eyes at you. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so usually what will happen is like the, the, like you'll get like the eights and the nines, they'll come up to you, but the tens don't, you got to go yeah, and approach yeah. them. Yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 Same, same shit. Same shit. Okay. Yeah. So, so you approach them and Hey, how's it going? what do you think? And, and dude, remember we talked about this. I was like, what you should say to them is like, what do you think? I noticed you didn't go screaming out of the nightclub. So you obviously thought it was pretty <laughs> decent, right? Remember yeah. we talked about that. So, yeah. okay. So you go up to them, you approach, they're down how would you typically like pull them back to your, your camper, your tent or like your cardboard box or wherever the hell you were sleeping that night? How would yeah. that usually work? I'm, I'm just I'm so curious about this and I'm sure our listeners are too. Yeah. So it totally depended on uh, how much uh, kind of feedback I was getting. So like you usually say, like you got to let them be the barometer for how yeah. much you push the advances. Yeah. Um, so I would always let them kind of dictate like how fast I should go with that. Um, And so sometimes like I knew it would like take a little bit of work. And if, if, if it was the case where I knew like, okay, she's a little bit kind of more reserved. I'm going to have to like campaign this for a little while, then (laughs) it would be kind of like, okay, maybe it's not going to be tonight. Maybe it's going to be, you know, the next time we're in town and I'll just get your number for now. Mm. And usually nine times out of 10, that would totally work fine. But when we had, well, sometimes we're on a very, very tight schedule and we were pulling out and we had to leave that night. And so you've only got like one or two hours before the bus is gone and you have like the pressure is on right then and there. And so when that happens, um, (laughs) I stole this line from a buddy who was in a, a much larger band that we toured with and it totally works. You just, you kind of walk up to them and uh, you might, you know, you might chat for about 30 seconds. And then all you do is you say, so you're going to come on the bus or what? <laughs> and that's all you say. And you, you say it exactly how I just said it. It's a downward inflection. You're coming on the bus or what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's always like, uh, okay. And it's like, all right, that was easy. And like, it didn't have to be like, okay, we're going on there to, you know, bang. Yeah. It could just be like, oh, let's go. I've got like, you know, I've got whiskey on the bus. Let's do some right. shots. Yeah. And they'd be like, hell yeah, cool. Yeah. So always like approach it from like a kind of non-threatening standpoint. Yeah. Um, so like the romantic idea of the whole rock star thing is like, this is like their one chance to be like kind of wild for, for a day mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's kind of like you kind of got to, I guess, encourage that romanticized idea a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really like, I was never considered to be like the bad boy kind of vibe, but it was only when I turned that mode on that I could actually get those results. Yeah. Um, 
And I could be a nice guy behind the scenes for sure. But when I was in that mode and, you know, time was of the essence, I had to go, okay, switch to bad boy mode. Let's just do it. And it was kind of uncomfortable at first. It was something I had to get kind of used to because that's not in my nature. It's not in my nature to be that kind of like, you know, I was never like good at like quote pick up. Mm. I was just like, you know, a regular kind of guy. Like I'm still even to this day, that nerd who still goes and finds mates to link computers together. So (laughs) it's just, that's still me at the core, but like, I kind of feel like there is a certain element that I have to portray in order to uh, get that good result that I really want at the time that I want it. And so that's what co- coaching's kind of helped me with now realizing. Um, but I, 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 you know, it was like one of those things where the reason I got coaching is because even during the rock star moments, I didn't actually know which of the things I was doing was working versus right. which of the things that weren't. Right, right. And it's so funny you say everything you said because I had the exact same experience as a bouncer. And I I would wear a cowboy hat. I worked at this cowboy bar. So girls would always be like, are you a real cowboy? And I would say, oh, totally. As I'm shaking my head, no. I'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. I ride horses. (laughs) I rope steers all day long. And that was for them, that little fantasy, you know, and I had girls Mm -hmm. offering give me blowjobs on the roof, come have sex yes. with me at my hotel, like in, insinuating it. And what you said was really smart is, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast that to come into your uh, motor home or whatever it is, you don't want to say, Hey, you want to come to my motor home and fuck. And you guys who are, get yourselves in these positions, you never want to just like outwardly say it. You say, Hey, <laughs> Hey, are you coming to the motor home or what? You know, I love that. Yeah which could be yeah. many things, having some liquor, smoking some weed, whatever, but it's kind of implied. And that's why she can make an excuse to what we call her slut defense mechanism that she's not going over there to fuck. She's going over there to drink some whiskey it's and hang out with the cool yeah. guy. It's just a party. And then, yeah. but she knows in the back of her head that that could probably happen. So one more question, and mm-hmm. this just comes from my childlike uh, uh, curiosity when it comes to rock stars after you bang them in the, what, what is it? A motor home? What, what did you call it? Yeah. It's the two of us. Two so of we got, us. Like, we got all it. these bunk beds and yeah. oh, man. Okay. It's, okay. It's okay. Yeah. Perfect. I love this. Cause I've always wondered this, bring them back. You guys drink some whiskey, the bands in there, you guys slide the curtain, you go bang. Mm-hmm. How do you, what do you do personally to kick her out? Do you say, Hey, we got to get going next city. Great to meet you here. Toss me your number and we'll catch up. Like what was your typical modus operandi where that was concerned? How'd you get rid of them? Uh, I just kind of got out of the bunk, I guess. I just kind of just like, okay, time to go. And then I'd get dressed and then they, I guess, get the hint and they kind of do it themselves, I guess. I, yeah. It wasn't really any, any thing. It was either that or someone we'd, we'd had this kind of like a system where somebody uh, up the front of the bus, like who was not getting laid, you know, maybe it was one of the road crew or one of the uglier band members um, <laughs> where they would just kind of shout out and go like, Oh, we got to get going. Let's yeah, go. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. And they're like, Oh, okay. Sorry. 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 Oh, pity. We couldn't snuggle for a while. Okay. Well, see you later. Toss me a number. And, and then, um, you know, we'll do it again next time I'm in town. Uh, that, that was totally a thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd never really had, an issue there was another time when uh one of the other band members had someone on the bus that wouldn't get off oh, um yeah. Yeah. and even while we're driving the bus away they're still like i don't know she she must have been like super super drunk mm. um 
and what the bus is still like it's not moving fast it's just like crawling because we're trying to like give you know give them the hint and someone on the bus it wasn't one of my crew but it was someone who was tagging along just like dude just get out and he actually kicked her out of the bus while it was moving (laughs) like open the door kicked her out of the door while it was moving and she fell out of the damn bus and i was like dude you can't even do that and but like i mean i hope she was okay i i you know we weren't even moving that fast but man like (laughs) it's kind of a bit of a funny story just chicks are just getting launched out of the bus dude as you're trying beat it fucking kick rocks dude (laughs) yeah you fling them out oh Oh, my god i I, I wish like uh i felt so bad at the time but like now you go you've got to laugh now but yeah um oh man this is like dude i mean what else do you do like yeah you know we can't sit around waiting for the cops to come you know yeah and we want to we always want to be cool to girls we're not disrespecting girls here but ultimately you know she's having fun too man she made the decision she knows what's happening i mean they're freaking from australia they're touring city to city of course she's gonna it's gonna be a one dip skip you know uh hit it and quit it kind of situation and dude we're leaving you got to get off the bus and then she's so inebriated that you can't even get her off the bus. You got to literally fling her out. Yeah. Well, oh, she, that's she, funny. She was like trying to cause fights and stuff. So it was oh. like, ah, dude, come on, get oh, off. Yeah. You know, just drunk. Chicks. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. We've all, I, I, we've, I could... we've all been there though. We've all had yeah, to deal with yeah. at least one of those moments. <laughs> okay, cool. So the, the, the tour ends, you get back to Australia, COVID hits, you're back on the farm. And the only thing you're flinging out of your room is your freaking sheep that you had to sleep with. <laughs> you got no girls in your city. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're, you're freaking down in the dumps and you, you see some hot girls and you try to approach them. You don't have the mojo that you had before. And by the way, guys listening, I want yeah. to give you some ideas for how you can get into that alpha position too. It's really a big part of my coaching. Big time part of my coaching is we're going to put you in that alpha position because it really helps but as Nick is about to share, once you get game, you basically are that alpha without having to have the position lead for you. You don't have to be a rock star. You're just you. And you can roll up to any girl. Even Nick in his town of four people can go approach the hottest girl just being him without the Australian accent working for him and without the band thing working for him. So you chose to sign up with coaching with me, which was obviously um the wisest decision you've ever made in your entire life congratulations you were obviously a genius <laughs> and so we we work together hit it off like no tomorrow and you really start doing the nlp you start doing openings and ejects you start really putting yourself out there and getting the results talk to us a little bit about you know what your experience was going through that process yeah so i think that um like you said like when i was in that you know, small town syndrome. Um, and like uh, you would like, I didn't even, it wasn't the fact that I had trouble approaching girls. It was just that I did not approach because I was so like, I kind of got almost terrified of the idea. Like approach anxiety is totally a thing. Um, and so when I started doing the coaching with you and we started on the NLP processes and we did a few, uh, really kind of specific NLP things, um and once that process kind of started it wasn't so much that i thought that i was getting better at dealing with like talking to girls it was more so the fact that i 
personally changed on the inside. And therefore I had the makings of someone who takes more action and better action. Mm. So for instance, uh, I felt more confident all the time. I felt like my energy was like a lot more on point. It was a lot more uh, valuable energy. It, it felt like energy that I just kind of had to share um, versus kind of like, oh, hopefully they'll talk to me. Mm. It's more like that whole mentality of like, if you had a hundred bucks and you could go up and give it to someone, you wouldn't be nervous that they'd say no because you've got a hundred bucks. They're going to be receptive to you because you're giving some good energy versus you're trying to take something away from them. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like when we first started our first few sessions, that's really what started to shift for me initially. Like my energy levels started to be really, really good. And when you say like, Oh, this is the best decision you've ever kind of made in your life. I know you were joking, but there are some elements where during the training, not only has this improved how I'm working with the females, but it's also improved how everything about like the other components of my life, like having more confidence around everybody or having like the ability to do like more public speaking or the ability to crush anxiety in any format um, or just, you know, frame control in general and, and product my, my, uh, my productivity is like insanely through the roof now too. And like all these tiny little things, I think it, because the program isn't just necessarily about like, okay, here's what to say to girls. It's more about like, who do you have to be in order to have success? And it's not just with girls. I'd say it's more like in any arena. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. And that's what's most important to me is delivering that, making guys the best versions of themselves, right? Not changing yeah. them into something else but basically making you the best version of you. So you don't need that rock band anymore. You literally don't. You can just roll up to a girl and talk to her. So you, as you were going through the coaching, I remember it was like week seven or eight, there started mm. to be some just amazing successes. You would go up to tens without anxiety and it was just kind of flowing. And also, you know, all the techniques that we teach you, the reason why we do it over 12 months is a, cause there's a lot to teach. There's a lot of work to do on the inner brain with everybody but also because it kind of takes three months for these things to sink in the gambits, the push, pull, the cold reading, the qualification four pillars of attraction, frame control, all that stuff is a lot to remember, you know, when you're in set and you're staring at this beautiful girl with these gorgeous eyes and you're intimidated, yeah. the shit just goes into screensaver mode as I call it. So yeah. I remember you were saying like, man, it just started coming out and it started hitting and started <clears throat> piecing together what was that experience like and how did it change the way women reacted to you? Yeah. So that's one of the major things is uh, there are so many techniques that you teach and there are so many things that work and there are so many different like kind of, you know, what to do when somebody frame checks you, what to do when uh, you know, you freeze up or what to do when you initially approach. And like, there's so many things to remember, mm -hmm. but over the course of the 12 weeks, it was kind of like, okay, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. And I'd use little bits here and there. Yeah. And then like you said about like week seven, week eight, somewhere around there, 
it's just started to click in a way where I didn't have to think about it because we'd spent all those weeks prior mm. just going over it and over it and over it again. And so it got to a point where we reach kind of what's called uh, unconscious competence, mm. which is where what happens is you become less aware on a cognitive level, on a conscious level of what you're doing. And it just starts to flow kind of like you've, you've done a fair bit of martial arts, mm -hmm. uh, as have I, and I've done a little bit of ninjutsu, uh, which is not too different to, uh, jujitsu, I believe. Mm. Um, but one of the main elements is because you practice these things over and over and over again, they become second nature. Yep. Um, and you don't even have to think about it. Like someone throws a punch, you react, boom, they're on the ground. And so what happens is when we do this kind of work, uh, we are just doing like we're doing reps and we're doing, uh, you know, constant little tiny improvements over time so that all of a sudden one day it all kind of pays off. It's kind of like hitting a rock with a hammer. You might hit that rock a hundred times and on the hundred and first hit, the rock finally breaks. Well, it wasn't the 101st hit that broke the rock. It was the combination of all 101 hits on that rock. And yeah. so what happened was about week seven, week eight for me during the program, it felt like I'd broken the rock. It felt like I was mm. just in flow and I could walk up to anyone. It didn't matter how hot they were. It didn't matter what their status was. It didn't matter what my status was. Um, I could just be some random chump at the bar and walk up and just instantly start like, flirting and busting their chops and the conversations were going back and forth and i'd remember stuff from like the conversation sniper um which is a great book by the way T totally totally recommend you get that um and yeah all these things just like clicking into place so that so so much so that I, it felt like i just had pure confidence great energy um and i here's the thing i can't even i can't really even remember what i said and it was more just the fact that I knew my frame was on point. I knew my physiology, like my posture, my, um, my kind of like my style was good. I knew that my talking was confident. I had downward inflections, like all those things were the kind of all those little tiny things added up to me having that confidence and that success. And like, I'm pulling numbers, I'm pulling dates, I'm going on dates during the dates. They're going really, really well. So these are the kind of things where it felt like, okay, now it feels like I'm back in rock star mode, but I haven't yes. even played a note on the stage. Yes. And, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yes. And so finally it kind of felt like, Oh my God, this is the missing component. This is what I was like, this is what I was doing without knowing it. And so it's all in a game. It's all just about like, how much do you value yourself? How much do you, um, how much do you realize on an internal level that all the power is inside of yourself, which I know it sounds a little bit Zen or it sounds a little bit like, you know, Eckhart Tolle kind of vibes there. But, uh, you know, during our sessions, I remember you recommend that I read the power of now. And that was a total game changer as well. So, um, yeah, in a game, man, it, that's the, been the main thing for me um, from day one. Yeah. And you said exactly <clears throat> what my experience was too, which was, you know, the, the being a bouncer, being a rock star, uh, putting yourself in that alpha position, mentoring girls, teaching them something, 
gets you instant attraction and you get to start at level three, let's say out of a 10 level game, you get, you just start at level three without even doing anything, just being a rock star and your foot's already in the door. But the thing is, is when you get the training, you can get to level three pretty quick within a minute of just talking to her. So you don't even need to go be a rock star or really need to get, be a bouncer. It's nice for top of funnel to get lots of girls into your life. And I do teach it because it's a great way to immediately get guys success. Like I put yeah. them in situations, whether it's, you know, they are a bouncer or they work at a bar or they work somewhere where um, there's lots of girls coming in or they do some kind of hobby where girls are there. And I'm actually going to do a podcast here in a, in a couple of weeks where how to get like the hottest of the hot, you need to put yourself in a situation where you're in their inner circle. And that's, that's what right. you and I both were. But even if we see a freaking 10, let's say at the supermarket and we have that game, is it going to be as easy as being a rock star? No, but if we can just get one minute with them, then we can get to the rock star level where they're starting to get googly eyes. And then we're like, okay, I got this chick. And then yeah. just, it's just standard protocol from there. And then after that, it's over. Really just yeah. getting a girl who isn't attracted to attracted is really the hardest part. Once she's got a little bit of attraction, it's over, dude, because everything that we teach, everything that the, these techniques that you're going to use, they're so potent and so effective. It just ramps up their attraction that much quicker. And then it's, it's freaking over. So Nick, you mm. know, you were talking about how now you're getting this kind of success and you're, you're, you're doing all this stuff. Are you going to get back on stage and tour again or what's going on with the band? Yeah, we, I definitely will be like once, I mean, in Australia right now, we're not really technically allowed to leave yet. Um, mm -hmm. And even within Australia at this current point in time, bands are still not allowed to play on stage. So like I can kind of like, do my one man show uh like at restaurants it's really low key kind of thing so not not as much value building there as like you know touring with a band and there's a thousand people in the room kind of vibe but definitely once covid is like well and truly like behind us like oh yeah i'll be back to the usa i'm coming to denver we're gonna yeah. tear it up Hell it's gonna yeah. be sick can't Hell wait yeah, man. to meet you in that person, is, brother. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be sick. It's going to be so good. So, but uh, yeah, but that, that's the thing, I guess. Like the number one thing for me, uh, I had this realization as we're talking is that of all the like perfect tens out there right now, the guys who take them home, I mean, less than 1% of them are rock stars. You know what I mean? So like they, they they find some, and I've seen the kind of guys that some of these girls are with, and you're just like really him, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I would not say like that becoming a rock star has anything to do with success. Is only because I was feeling awesome and I was in the right place at the right time yeah. that that was actually working. Yep. Now yeah. you know you you're back. It doesn't look like COVID's going to lift anytime soon. I mean, maybe spring. They said they'll have a vaccine mm -hmm. for it, but you probably wouldn't even be able to tour until summertime. So that's you know over half a year away. In the meantime, have you created a top of funnel idea to get lots of girls into the top of your funnel so you can run your game on them? And once again, guys, you don't necessarily need this once you have game. Once you fix the inner bullshit, but it helps. It just makes it easier. It's kind of like are you fishing with um, a single rod and reel or do you have like a hundred out? Well, obviously you're going to catch more fish if you have a hundred and that's what the top of funnel idea is. And you're going to get bigger fish. So are you doing anything right now 
based on our coaching that you thought like, oh, there's a good idea and you move forward with it? And if so, what are you, what are you doing? Yes. So that was one of the biggest uh, things. Like I think it was like week three or four, we started talking about um, pipeline ideas and you had this huge list of uh, different like potential, you know, jobs, hobbies, that sort of stuff that you could do where you're just automatically going to be around a lot of really nice looking lasses. (laughs) Um, And so one of the ones that I've always kind of had, I guess a bit of a, Uh, interest in automatically but now that I did that training I have now like fully committed to it and that is the world of uh, photography and photography Mm. uh, models Um, and so knowing that not only uh, is that an industry where I'm just like they're going to be around um, all the time but it's also an, uh, an industry where I can kind of be a little bit of an authority in each particular situation especially if I get to the point where my skills are actually pretty good and people are coming to me wanting me to photograph them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like since doing our training, I've just been going apeshit crazy, just looking up, like I've been taking all these photography masterclasses. Mm -hmm. I've been, you know, researching like what's the best camera, what's the best lens. Cause I'm kind of coming from not knowing anything. And now I'm just like going to a point where I'm just like supercharging my way through it. And no, like you don't have to do this necessarily. Like I, no one really needs to take it as seriously as I'm taking it. But I know that the more I do this and if I'm, if it's going to be like a serious hobby or even turn it into something professional, I know that that's going to just flood my pipeline, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, you know, a, if I want to be really honest and I kind of think maybe I wouldn't mind being like the Australian version of Hugh Hefner. Like, why don't I like, you know, if that's my ideal lifestyle, why don't I create that? I mean, yeah. we've gone through an NLP and an, an NLP process where I can basically decide my own fate. So why not decide it right now yeah. um, and have that be, you know, where my life starts to head. Yeah. And so uh, I'm doing it, man. And that's, uh, and just, here's the weirdest part, just knowing that that's in the future has upped my game because I've got the abundance mentality back. I know that I'm going to be around all these hotties constantly. And so therefore, if I see one in the flesh, it does not phase me in the slightest because all I think is, ah, it's just another one of those. And so I'm not phased. And I think not being phased is just as important as having, you know, knowing what to say and that kind of stuff, because let's face it, hot girls, are used to people freaking out around them. And if you're just totally normal, you're totally collected and you're totally cool and calm, that's going to be attractive. So yeah, dude, it's, it's total game changer pipeline ideas for the win. Oh my God. Check you out, bro. Like you could freaking coach, man. I'm going to hand over the UMP to you. (laughs) Welcome to the unapologetic man podcast. My name is Will. Yes. Thank you guys for watching and we will see you. on the next group coaching call. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, bro. Like you really internalized all the lessons. And I yes. love that story, man, because you know, you you were effective, but not knowing how, and then you lost it. And then like, you were kind of a beta again, and then you learned it. And now you're immediately right back where you were. And it's going to be even better because you don't have to rely on it. You don't have to rely on being on stage to get laid. And for That's the right. rest of you guys who are listening, you know, if you don't have 
the opportunity to be a rock star or be a bouncer like I was or start a photography business like what Nick is doing now, you know, that's absolutely fine. When you get game, when you learn this stuff and listen, you don't even need to do coaching with me. It's not necessarily the point of this podcast. Of course, I'm happy that Nick was so, you know, pleased with his results of my coaching, but really I just want you guys to improve. So I want to wrap this up, Nick, by giving our boys a little bit of advice about how they, if they don't sign up with coaching with me, what they can do to start ramping up and getting more attraction from women, getting better, getting that, that bearing that you were talking about, where when you're talking to a hot girl, she's not affecting you. She's not getting into your mindset. You're completely fine. Just like Nick and I are completely fine talking to you guys. Nick, what do you think is the best thing? And what did you, outside of the NLP, let's assume they're not doing NLP with me, what can they do like today and tomorrow immediately to start making themselves used to that social pressure to get themselves up to speed and getting better with women? Yeah, so I was definitely going to say uh, upping the, your social pressure game is so important. That's one of the first things that we did uh, during the coaching. Um, and so one of the things that I personally did um, was you mentioned like whistling <laughs> while you're in the shopping center. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I kind of like, I sometimes do that offhandedly anyway. So I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going to sing in the shopping center. And I went into a crowded food court and it's like one of those atriums, you know, where they've got like the big circular rooms and there's like a McDonald's and a KFC and there's like yeah. all of these yeah, stuff yeah. Like everywhere and yeah. every seat is taken. I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity. Oh my God. And so I just kind of busted out. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a singer in a hard rock band. So like, okay, I can't just sing hard rock. I got to do something that's going to make me uncomfortable. And so I'll, I'll, I'll sit back away from the microphone just now so that you can kind of, I, I'm going to belt out a tune. And this is what I did. This is exactly what I did. I went, with the sound of music. And that's what I did. And, and everyone stops and they turn and they look and I, my face is just red and my skin is crawling and it yeah. felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. But at the same time, like I walked out of there feeling like an absolute champion because yeah. I had the courage to do something stupid like that. Yeah. Like who does that? Like what kind of, like, I don't like, I don't like attention unless I'm on the stage yep. singing hard rock songs. You know what I mean? So like, this is the kind of stuff where it was just like, it was just the best way to increase the amount of social pressure on myself and get myself used to uncomfortable attention. So like the saying is, if you want to succeed, you got to become being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things I started to do. Um, and I also did the thing where like you lay down in the shopping center, um, and people kind of have to walk around you and like the people, like I was with my sister at the time and she's just laughing. Like, what are you freaking doing? You're just slaying there. What? Who does that? And, uh, and of course, like I just, you know, I made it last for a full 60 seconds before I got up. Um, <laughs> just like stuff like that, man. Like yep. you, you've got to find a way to get the shortcut. You've got to find a way to hack mm. uh, what you're used to. Like, let yourself experience that little bit of stress because that's going to be so helpful to you later on because you're going to be used to it. And then when you're used to it, it's not going to phase you when all the only thing that's happening is, yeah, you're talking to a hot girl. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So systematically exposing yourself to more social pressure. Now, I will admit to you guys, Nick is a, a little bit of a special case because he's a rock star. So he can already take some social pressure up front. So going and singing the hills are alive with the sound of music in a freaking food court balls out, man. I'm fucking so proud of you for doing that. When you told me you did that, because I remember you did it the day before we talked. I was like, yeah. oh my God, bro, if I could just give you a hug right now and just, I'm so proud of you, you yeah. know, and then you laid down in the aisle and I think it was Best Buy or something or, yes. um, yeah, yeah. And, and that was so, so profound, but you guys even doing small things, right? Just disagreeing with somebody who isn't treating you right. Like Nick was talking about whistling in a, in a public area, clapping your hands, farting, um, not washing your hands when you go into the bathroom, when there's tons of guys in there you know, maintaining eye contact with people longer than you're comfortable doing. These are little steps that are going to make you better with women. Again, why does it make you better with women? Because you're taking the social pressure so that when you stand in front of her and you're talking to her, you don't go into screensaver mode. Screensaver mode is produced by adrenaline. Adrenaline is produced by being in uncomfortable social situations you're not used to. So like Nick said, it's a hack. You hack that adrenaline gland. So it doesn't dump so much when you're in front of a hot girl by putting yourself in uncomfortable social situations regularly. That is the secret also approaching and ejecting. Nick, did you, did you want to add to that? No, that's perfect, man. And I, I will say that like at first my approaching skills were terrible because I've never, I've always relied on music to draw them in. And now when I didn't have that, it was like, yeah, walking up to someone who's just like a random stranger. Like, I mean, all of my successes in the past prior to now have always been because of my social circle or because I was on a stage. Mm. That's only reason why I ever, ever got laid in the past. Yeah. Um, and so now the ability to just kind of carry this power around with me and just like walk it around and be like, Hey, you, I noticed whatever. And it doesn't matter what you say. That's, that's the key. The, the, the I, I, I would say that the, the number one key is that it doesn't matter what you say. It matters more how you feel. Yep. Absolutely. For sure. I love that as a final tip. So Nick, thank you so much, brother. What you shared here today was absolutely phenomenal, man. I'm so impressed with you, bro. Seeing you today um, compared to the first day I met you, that first session we did, you are a completely different person. I mean, eloquent, funny, seriously, man. Like you could easily Damn, do thanks. a podcast like this one. It's no wonder to me that you're having such great success. And it's because you had the courage to work on yourself because you push yourself outside your comfort zone and because you invest in yourself that you've been able to get to this level. And guys, you can do it too, man. You can be beta for 50 years. And I do have clients that are over 50 years old and become an alpha by just going into pain willingly, facing your problems, being a fucking man without making any apologies for it. So with that, Nick, one more time, I want to say thank you, brother. I really appreciate you coming on. Hell yeah, man. Pleasure. All right, brother. So I will talk to you after this, but I just want to let you guys know that I do really appreciate all the reviews that are coming in. Every time I wake up in the morning, I look and I say, oh my God, I got another one. Nick wrote me a review. And I let a little fart, man, because God, it really, really makes me emotional. And if you too want to be a guy like Nick, where songs will be written about you that will be sung around campfires for generations to come, my coaching offer is open. Check that out at marksingcoaching.com. Once again, that's marksingcoaching.com and Mark is spelled with a K. 
Sing is spelled S-I-N-G, coaching.com. All right, guys, I got another awesome podcast coming up for you on Wednesday. So in the meantime, I will see you in the next episode.